0: If you love what we do, then please consider supporting Cryptfail on Patreon. Your support helps us grow and to create more content more often. And now, on with the show.
1: It's 1915 and the world is at war. Middle Europa was an empire already pulling itself to pieces long before they made their grab for power that started it all. Eight states held tenuously together by their kaiser who seeks to return his nation to its former glory. The western nations took notice. Led by the kingdom of lions, they opposed Middle Europa and their allies leading to the great war. Millions have met their deaths in the endless tide of mud and blood and bullets and toxic gas, but the war that chewed them up and spat out their bones shows no sign of slowing down. In the midst of this obvious devastation, a more subtle threat has also emerged. Slivers of creeping dread needle those with the ability to notice them. The world that is at war is changing in ways it shouldn't, ways it shouldn't be able to. Events are undone, overwritten, continuity is warping, and if nothing is done, reality itself could be at risk. As the struggle for power overlaps with the struggle to preserve reality, loyalty and duty may be called into question, pitted against serving the greater good, or even just surviving. This is the world of Carbon Grey.
2: Issa darts forward Mm -hmm. past the guards, her ears ringing. As she starts uh, bolting up the stairs, lightning strikes the house. through the whole house. The chandelier that uh, some of you now notice is the main source of light for this room hanging from the chain starts to swing violently and flickers off. Everything in the area goes black and there's uh, a brief pause in the sound of rain as if, the, as if the, the sound of thunder itself had uh, knocked the rain away from the house just briefly. And then, bang, there's several bangs, bang, bang. And all of a sudden the door in front of Xander slams shut. Peter, who can see guards coming from a, a room off towards the front left-hand corner of the house, momentarily saw that door slam shut as the lights just went out. Issa is darting upstairs while Xander's lying on the floor with a dagger in his side. And everything's gone black for everybody except for Issa who sees everything in a shade of violet.
1: Is Greta still dead?
2: And Greta is still dead. But Werner is on the stairs in the cellar with the door closed in front of him. Xander's lying on top of the guard who tried to put up his hands resisting the the blade coming down closer and closer and Xander briefly remembers uh, the young face of the guard looking, you know, looking quite afraid. And as the the knife slowly slipped in through his chest and pierced his heart He let out a slow gurgle, eyes
3: pleading in terror Xander's kind of slumped on top of the body, exhausted And uh, he's using his free hands to cover... The wounds that he received from the knife earlier and the the dagger
2: um had stabbed you but it had fallen out because um, only it went in partially so it wasn't enough to stick all the way in and what's peter doing who's now standing around the edge of the bookshelf um which uh is in the hallway leading To the the small amphitheater area.
4: No, it's it's still pitch like black, right?
2: Pitch black. Like yeah, it was like a bright white light, and the lights themselves in the house uh, glowed brighter. And then it was uh, suddenly everything went black, and
4: everyone's eyes are still adjusting. Well, he's gonna hold where he is until he can make something out.
0: He's on the stairs, he's just listening at the moment.
1: Issa's still running up the stairs.
0: Yep, you reach
2: the top of the stairs and uh, you can see that there are rooms up the top of the stairs and hallways up to left and right.
1: Alright, and Greta had said which one the children were in, right? Uh yeah. Okay, then she is headed for that room.
2: Okay, so everything's sort of, uh, you can see everything in a shade of violet, but where you are uh, headed to, the room, the door is um, glowing exceptionally bright. And you can hear the sounds, the faint sounds of crying and whimpering uh, within the, the room itself.
1: Okay, and she's going to try and open the door.
2: The door to this particular room is um, so brightly lit in your eyes uh, that you can see. There's two distinct images of a door overlapped from each other. One's a plain plain door, uh, nothing adorning it at all and a a very straightforward uh, turning handle and the other one is a latched golden handle with uh, a hanging of embroidery on it and there's yeah there's those two distinct doors and uh, being able to use your own mind's eye to uh, perceive the difference in both of them, knowing which one to uh, to use to turn um, to open, stretch out your senses, okay. Right. To open the more e- extravagant door, and it opens.
1: And if it opens, she will then step inside.
2: Leading you into a room um, uh, that has uh, no carpet. The carpets have been uh, stripped off the floors. It's just hardwood floor. Uh, not that you've come across carpet in any other uh, place in the house, um, but in uh, some bedrooms, especially the, the well-off, well-to-do bedrooms, some will have been carpeted, but uh, solid wooden floors very plain looking room no nothing hanging from the walls there's a a big arched uh, window that's um semi boarded up with curtains over it um heavy set you know dark curtains uh no lights um even the light bulbs in the room have been removed uh no beds except for plain almost straw mattresses on the floor and About a dozen kids off to one side, um, huddled in a corner, poorly dressed. They look malnourished and frightened and scared. And in the centre of the room is a boy of about 10 years old. And he's just standing there with his fists down by his side. And his tears are just streaming down his face.
1: Okay, she'll approach the boy in the middle of the room. But also, other people can do other stuff. I was just about to switch back to everybody. Beautiful. All right. She's approaching the boy in the middle of the room.
2: Okay, so Uh, what happened with that door?
1: Just wonderful things, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, you started (laughs) feeling the tear happening.
1: Okay. Okay.
2: Okay. Xander.
3: Yes. Xander is uh, trying to stay conscious holding his wound. Um, and He's kind of, he's looking around at the other people in the room. You bring medical supplies.
0: I am not trained in it.
4: I'm the doctor, but I can't see that well. It's very dark, no? Uh
3: Peter, do
4: you think you could help patch up my wound? I could if we had some light And
3: Sander reaches into his uh kind of- into his robes and you can see that he has a, a rucksack there and using his good hands he will pull out some candles I, I'm trying and he his brow creases and it looks like he's trying to make flame appear but nothing is happening. Uh, it's too damp in here. I can't produce any flame at the moment. Where did Werner end up? Wasn't he just with us?
4: The d- door shut.
3: He's down in the basement?
4: Yes. Yes. And the child is upstairs. Which we should probably go see her.
3: Oh, all right.
2: Um. And all guess... of a sudden you hear the banging on one of the doors coming from the rooms. Bitch rooms Downstairs And then uh... (laughs) And a little bit of a flash of light That appears through the door Where the um... The door had closed on the guards
3: I'll see if I can help out the The child's Maybe you can get this door open I don't think I'm strong enough with only one arm Xander's going to kind of uh, lean against the wall with his good arm and kind of lift himself up, grabbing onto a shelf or like a a table nearby to steady himself. Wobbly gets to his feet. Can you pass me a bandage or something? I'll, I'll just wrap it for now so it doesn't bleed everywhere.
4: Uh, Peter will open up his doctor's bag grab a uh, bandage and I would assume sewing kit I don't know what their equivalent would be I don't really know what the exact like medical thing is a needle and thread oh.
1: You might have a suture kit but I doubt uh, Xander's roll. gonna stitch himself up
4: <laughs> oh. Yeah And
2: Roll Perception Oh, Investigate It is uh being quite difficult to try and f- find your way around your medical uh, kit in the dark trying to find the 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 what are you looking for a suture kit or just the bandage
4: bandage and I was hoping to find a needle and thread or something like that
2: nope you can you can fill the bandage, but that's about it. The Xander has moved so You'll have to, because it is completely pitch black.
4: Oh, you'll hand him the bandage if he can find him?
3: Yeah, uh, just give it here. Kind of holds out his hand, and they, they awkwardly bump around in the dark, but eventually the handoff works. And Xander will take the bandage and just wrap it around his arm i'm a, it's like a long uh tensor bandage so he just wraps it around and uh just tucks one in and all right uh good enough for now and he's going to follow the wall to the stairs when he hears the axe trying to break down the door he's gonna kind of speed walk um and uh, yeah he'll, pr- he'll probably break into a run He sort of remembers where the stuff Is that he's seen But He So he's able to avoid like the big Objects that might be in his way But if there's like Bodies on the ground he might trip over them
2: Yeah cause there are There's a body next to the bookshelf Oh Oh that's the one Um, Peter killed and then there's three in the amphitheater
4: Peter will attempt to open the door
2: Xander you scramble across the room and all of a sudden your foot trips up against a ball a heavy ball like object and you trip over landing almost face first onto the floor into a pool of blood next to a body that groans
3: oh gross Uh... and he's kind of like trying to wipe his he he landed with both his hands uh, which has caused his wound to, to bleed again and He tries to wipe his hands off on his shirt, or on his cloak. And he's going to kind of feel around in the dark. Uh, Does he find a body? Yes, and the body's sort of like trying to,
2: you can feel it trying to reach out and grab you. And it sort of grabs the collar of your shirt, trying to pull you towards it.
3: Zender, uh is going to pull his knife out from under his cloak and bring it down on the, the body. He's really hoping it's not a child.
1: Oh. <laughs> hoping, but not checking before stabbing.
2: It's just checking. News. Are you a child? Answer me, goddammit. And your knife strikes true, and you feel it sink into the uh, the flesh of the body, and it lets out a little yelp and starts to gargle. And
3: how little a yelp!
2: <laughs> like a a manly yelp.
1: <laughs> a manly yelp.
2: I don't know. <laughs>
3: <laughs> and. Um... He's going to kind of uh, feel his way in the dark, looking to see if this guard has dropped a firearm of some sort. Perhaps an automatic one. There's
2: um, a bolt-action rifle. Well, a long rifle. Uh, You can feel that it's definitely not... It doesn't have, like, a magazine on it, but near the breach there's a bolt which is currently open and um, all up one side of it is all slippery it's very very difficult to, to hold
3: uh, he's going to leave it where it is then he was hoping for something he wouldn't have to aim very well with and he'll, he'll get back to his feet then he's going to grab the gun and use it as a crutch to, like a walking stick almost Still holding it in his hand, he'll walk towards where he thinks the stairs are. 19.
2: All right. And the door starts to uh, open, but at great resistance. All right, so it's your scene. You open it up just enough to either, either Peter to squirm in or Verna to squirm out.
0: Uh, Werner's going to try to get out.
4: Hidder will back away.
0: He will squeeze through and crouch down. was the gunfire coming from? And just as you say that...
2: The whole area lights up. Xander, you're walking towards the front door. You can
3: see outside is pouring... Um, down rain and Xander will run as fast as he can to the stairs and
0: begin climbing them. where are the others There's. I will fire my last three rounds through the door where the shots came from and cross to the stairs and then use the staircase as cover oh ah. shite that's a hit
1: <laughs> why is that bad
0: Oh, no, I was just surprised that he met
2: the target number because <laughs> it was quite high. That was a 20 to hit.
0: So so what's the benefit? So he darts out and just starts firing through the door, just letting the, the revolvers just crashing as it's firing off the rounds. And one of those shots happens to impact on one of the guards, who he can't see, but he hears a cry and then a thump as the individual collapses to the ground the other guys don't know if he was lucky or he's really good and they're not quite as eager now to uh, rush them as they may previously have been Mm
1: -hmm.
2: ah!
0: Okay, and he will it. also now reload. Yep, they've backed
2: away from the door, and Xander appears in the middle of the room as you shoot, and then he's a few feet forward, and then he's a few feet forward again. Almost this stop motion, you know, almost like the stop motion films you've seen in in theatre. Oh, but he is all covered in blood, and he's like uh, <laughs> literally leaving a trail of blood behind him.
1: Oh dear.
4: Peter will also run to cross and fire a shot through the doorway. So uh, 17 plus a uh, success. I like the good thing.
2: Ah! It's a flash of light. Lights up the area. You see Xander almost at the stairs. is just... So the door's actually been broken down. It's just wide enough they've, got, they've managed to rip open one of the panels big enough to... to slide through themselves.
1: Yes. She's approaching a child.
2: Who's standing there looking like he's throwing a tantrum, but he's got tears rolling down his face. He's wearing shorts, little strapped shoes and white socks, a button-up T-shirt. His hair's cut short, almost in a bowl cut. Uh, He's quite young, about 10 years old. His freckled face and blonde hair,
1: and she walks over and stands right in front of him.
2: And the child's looking down at the floor, you know, tears streaming down his face and falling onto the floor. And you can hear whimpering of children um, behind him. Um, the children that you see uh, from behind him are all uh, look like they've been there for quite some time. Um, their, row, uh, their clothes, while at one point may have been, you know, uh, from well-off families, uh, are quite raggy. Um, some of their faces look quite gaunt, um, their eyes sunken, uh, they look withdrawn, malnourished, and uh, are all upset. And there's a, a mixture of uh, boys and girls, and all look quite afraid. Okay. And the boy standing in front of you looks up wide-eyed, almost with a terrified look in his face.
1: So she's standing in front of him. She puts her hands on her hips and says, Stop it.
2: And he looks at you confused. And he wipes away the tears from his cheeks and stares back almost defiantly. And he looks about the room and a glimmer of recognition appears over his face as if he's seeing something else. That And then it disappears and he's uh, back to where he is now with you standing in the room.
1: I don't know what's happening. And she's trying to think of how to express herself. You can stop!
2: And he screams at you. And your ears are ringing, uh, but you hear the sound of his voice uh, echo and it beans through your head, and you feel the fabric.
1: You stop. It's not. You're here. You're not there. Stop it.
2: Uh, give me a will power check.
1: Willpower? Or, uh, yeah, it's eleven.
2: Eleven. Okay, just.
1: She's not so much calmed him down in, in terms of soothing him as she's sort of shocked him into silence by yelling at him to stop. And he's had to take a moment to sort of consider what is going on and why a strange child showed up to yell at him. Uh, so he's no longer panicking quite so much.
2: And looks back as his eyebrows narrow, and he says, "Are
1: you here to, to to help me?" Yes. I want to go home. I know. How many other kids are there?
2: There's about a dozen kids.
1: I need to find out if it's okay to leave. You stop. Trying to change things, please. I'm not changing anything. You are. or you're trying. And she's going to poke her head back out the door to see if there's any more gunfire or anything.
2: You can't hear anything, but the sound seems to drone on longer now than when you first entered the building. So the sound of this, uh, like the rain on the roof, had a distinct Uh pitch, and now it's droning longer.
1: Okay. If she can't hear any gunfire or anything, she's going to call down the stairway. Are the rest of you still there?
2: You get no response. There's there's something happening close to the epicenter that's affecting stuff.
1: We need to leave. Uh, She will turn away from the boy and the rest of them in whatever language it is that they understand.
2: They're all Middle European.
1: uh, She's going to turn back to them and say, we need to leave. Can you all please follow me?
2: Yes. They see another child. Um, But after you had calmed down... The child in the center of the room. They seem to have calmed to your presence.
1: So she's still standing directly in front of the boy in the middle of the room, who said he wanted to go home. Where is your home?
2: And he says something unintelligible to you, uh, but you distinctly hear "Auntie's house." And then, low, low, low.
1: You're not in the right place or possibly time or possibly both but ignoring that you're not meant to be here do you know that
2: and he sort of thinks about that and he looks up confused here
1: how did you get here
2: and again he says something unintelligible and says auntie
1: there was another door, another room that's... You're making it so that it's... There's two... Two place. She's trying to explain in a language she's not very good at.
2: <laughs> and he looks over you, at the door. He sees the... What you see, the momentary refraction of another door that overlays the existing door and it's just brief that recognition dawns on his face and then the power surges up you can feel it rising in him again
1: that's where you're from I think can you can you if you think about where you're supposed to be Can you make the door last? I don't know.
2: And he looks at you confused.
1: If the door stays, you can go through it. Maybe. To where you're from. Okay. 14. She's going to put her hand on his shoulder once she feels he's starting to sort of channel more of the continuity flux
2: and you feel his is very chaotic
1: she's just gonna try and attempt to see if she can focus it a little bit on the door
2: you can see the two fractures coming together and separate and uh, the door that was there is no longer there and there is another door there
1: and she looks to him to see if he recognizes it
2: And there is a dawn of recognition on his face as he starts walking towards it.
1: Go quickly before everything falls apart.
2: He turns back as he reaches out to the door. He looks at you with a sadness in his face and he's you can hear him say, "Sorry, sorry, Timothy." And the door opens, and you feel that the end of existence is almost. Oh, good. Nigh, searing light emanates from him. Uh, can you roll perception instinct? Uh, Sixteen. Very good.
1: Oh, I was going to say, oh, that's not enough. You all die.
2: <laughs> no, no, no. Okay, so a blinding light erupts from his position, then everything disappears. Um, uh, you turned away just in time.
1: Hope that you that can feel,
2: day. you sense the, uh, the continu- uh, uh, continuity has returned to normal down to a big fat zero. Beautiful. For those of you downstairs, there was a surge of bright light coming from upstairs and everything has suddenly gone quiet. Even though there's no rain on the roof, Uh, you can hear the dripping sounds of water from outside. There's no crying or anything upstairs.
3: Xander has probably reached the top of the stairs. Yep. So his silhouette is illuminated, uh, for the people below. And he's shielding his eyes and trying to make his way forward down the the hall towards where the light came from. There's a closed door
2: down the end of the hall and you can hear the sounds of whimpering.
3: And he's going to push it open.
2: Yes, the door opens, and there is a figure standing in the darkness. As the the children were about to leave, and are now quite scared again, because it's a tall adult.
1: Xander, is that you?
3: Where did that light come from?
1: Someone leaving.
3: One of the kids?
1: I suppose... Did you get hurt again?
3: This isn't my blood.
1: Well, I suppose at least you didn't get hurt again, then.
2: And at that point, the lights come on, illuminating just how much blood is on Xander, and the kids start screaming.
1: It's fine, it's fine, it's fine. He's, look, he's practically useless. He can't hurt you.
3: And he kind of holds up his arms in like meant to be a non-threatening way, but he is still holding a knife.
2: Peter and Verna, you can hear the sound of kids screaming upstairs. And just through that, you hear this almost an unscrewing of a cap, a clink, and then someone say, and you see a, um, a stick, Grenade. uh, Roll into the door. uh, Roll into the hallway.
0: And Verna tries to take as much cover as he can.
4: Peter will also.
2: Xander. A piece of shrapnel flies up through the floor between your feet. Sticking in the floorboards beneath you. His eyes bulge. So some very forlorn looking children start screaming and running down the stairs. Uh, one of them falls over and the other ones, uh, a couple run past you. They see uh, you both downstairs. You know, bits of building are falling down in the smoke and a couple of them run past you. They're towards the open front door. And there's more, there's probably about seven of them.
1: And Issa's following them because she doesn't know if anyone's left outside.
2: Peter and Verna are down at the bottom of the stairs, just uh, sort of, I guess, getting over, just having a grenade thrown at the opposite end of the room at them.
1: And Issa is following them because it does no one any good if they either run into another guard outside or get lost in the woods.
4: Peter, Can Peter run upstairs, seeing as a whole bunch of terrified kids just came down? You can run upstairs. And he's
2: looking for any sort of threat. There's a room at the end of the hall with the door wide open and a, a, a Xander standing near some children. The remainder of them running, uh, take off, start taking off outside, barreling past Peter. Werner. Verna! Isa runs past you, chasing after some children that are fleeing in
0: absolute fright. He will fire where, in the direction where the grenade came from, if it's through that same door that he's been shooting. And then once they're past, he will follow Isa. As kids start screaming
2: uh, even more, and a couple of them putting their hands to their ears as they run out out into the night with Issa in hot pursuit. Well, as you turn to follow the first group, another group of children run down the stairs and uh, and barrel past you, knocking into you and running. Some knocking into you and others running around uh, uh, beside you to get out the front door.
3: Xander pulls his cloak back on. He's got a bit of a smug look on his face as he he walks back to the stairs and begins to walk down.
2: So Verna, once he reaches the door, he sees uh, Issa running after several kids with some other kids following off. And they're dispersing uh, past the gate into the wilderness. And he will follow.
1: Issa's managed to corral about four children. Uh, basically by literally chasing them down and grabbing onto them to stop them running and convincing them to come back with her. So she's leading four children back towards everyone else.
2: They're more inclined to have gone back with someone who looks like a child as opposed to an adult who was firing guns and stuff like that, which is uh, why Fair. your difficult number was a lot higher, Arid.
0: <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, they're starting to scatter a little bit, but he doesn't worry too much about being nice at this point. He just grabs them by the scruff of the neck and drags them in the direction that we need to go. And then when we get close, he sort of just pushes them with the remainder of the group. So all total, you have six back at the truck so
2: far.
1: As far as I know, they're still upstairs because I don't know that Xander continued his idiocy and chased them out too.
2: As Issa is just returning with four kids at this point.
1: Isa is stomping through the mud, going back over to Xander and glaring at him. As hard as she can glare. Where are the other children?
3: Uh, didn't they come down the stairs?
1: I don't know! I left, chasing the ones you terrified into running out into the wilderness where they could have gotten lost and died, so I was sort of hoping you would know where the rest of them were.
4: They
3: aren't in the house full of bad people.
1: You are an idiot, and I am never talking to you again. And she wheels around and heads back out looking for the rest of the kids.
2: You're putting the current kids in the back of the truck,
3: I assume? Yeah. Okay. Zander will watch them, don't worry.
1: <laughs> Reassuring. And such a
0: good job of that. <laughs> <laughs>
4: what happened up
3: there? I the the kids weren't gonna go anywhere, so I pretended to scare them. That they would run down the stairs and out of the house in a timely manner.
4: Peter looks very, like visibly confused, and he just nods in acceptance, seeing as he can't change the past.
0: And Verna will turn around and go. Where is where is she going? I
3: I think she's going to look for the kids. I so just I assumed they would all kind of group together, but it
0: seems they may have scattered. He wheels around, slides his carbine off his shoulder, and starts trying to follow the little person.
1: So, after about ten minutes, Issa and Werner will reappear at the truck, herding the remaining six children.
3: Bender is standing by the Or not Vander. Xander. Standing by the truck. (laughs) Xander's standing by the truck with quite significantly less blood. And drenched.
1: Asa will ignore Xander and sit as far from him as she possibly can in the truck as we leave.
0: Verna will drive.
1: So I guess Peter could patch people up
2: Apis mellifera, a European honeybee, falls from the flower that was its refuge the night before. It lands on the curbside of the road where people are milling about and walking and passing, and cars driving past, along with horses dragging carts. It takes flight to escape the busy central district of the small town. Exhausted and confused, it gets caught on the northern breeze, carried for most of the morning through the clouds, high up into the mountain ranges to the north. It lands within a small courtyard of an old dilapidated castle that's filled with a platoon of soldiers and tents. It lands completely exhausted, glows a bright yellow before vanishing, leaving the small trace of a tear in the space-time continuum.
1: The Carbon Grey role-playing game is published by Magnetic Press, starring SPG as Peter, Shadow as Xander, Ghost as Werner, Emily as Issa, and Raven Insane as the storyteller. Sounds and music are from Sirenscape and Epidemic Sound. Thanks very much for listening. Are the rest of you still there?
0: Yeah.
2: No, you guys don't hear that. Mine.
1: (laughs) (laughs) No, we left.